Brandon Spivey here. Yeah, we are. And we are the Mockout Movie Podcasters. Yes, we are, Brandon. And today we're doing Second Chance Cinema. This is uh, different from Does It Hold Up. Does It Hold Up is something that we liked back in the day, but we want to see if we still like it. Case in point, uh, we liked back in the day Tremors, and it held mm -hmm. up. We liked back in the day Eight-Legged Freaks, but it did not hold up. That's the, that's the this one is something that we didn't like back in the day, but seeing no, if we like it now. So, second chance cinema, and why? And Brandon chose this. Brandon chose this movie specifically. What movie is it, Brandon? Again, uh, Thirteen Ghosts. Yeah, I chose it because uh, we I had just I watched Ghost Ship. Same guy made it. Dark Castle. Uh, they did three films. You said so. This I think this was the last one, right? Or was the Thirteen Ghosts the last one? I think. I think. I mean, <laughs> ghost ship. Let me see. It's Hold all up. about some ghosts, though. <laughs> Let's see, Dark Castle. I want to say Ghost Ship was the last, but I'm not sure on that. Uh, of of these, because they they kept moving, making movies uh, apparently. Oh. Uh, but but not he didn't like. Know. But yeah, I'm talking about not director, but just the uh, uh, studio. So they had um, the first one, obviously, the one that I remember the most is uh, uh, House on Honey Hill in 1999. And then there was this in 2001. Ghost Ship was in 2002. Okay. And then Gothica was in 2003, which I forgot Gothica was Ghost Ship. Which you mean, Dark Castle? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean. <laughs> One it's all around some ghosts. That's it. It's a ghost. Uh, uh, smorgasbord. <laughs> was that the word you look for? It was not, but it, it, it's a it, it's a ghost production company, really. I mean, it's it's all they seemed to make was ghost films. Films yeah. about ghosts. And then they, I guess, they changed, cool. Then they changed the mo and say, you know, let's do other stuff. Uh. Like Whiteout, uh, The Reaping, that's probably Ghost. They did Losers. Uh, did they? Yeah. They did The Shock. Orphan, which Orphan was dope. I liked The Orphan. They did Splice. But they also did House of Wax, and I hold that against them. Um, I don't like House of Wax. But they also did Journey to the Center of the Earth, so I'm okay with that. See, so they have – and you like Rock and Roller, right? They did that. I have not seen it. I don't oh, I thought you saw that. All right. But anyway, we're talking about – I don't think I have it sounds familiar though. It's possible I did see it and just don't remember. <laughs> uh, they did the hills, the hills return, hills turn red. I've never seen that. I haven't either. Okay, that's okay. But anyway, Thirteen Ghosts is the one we're talking about today, uh, which I thought I always was under the uh, thought that that was their last one little. But 
it wasn't Gothica. I think Gothica. I don't know if Gothica was a remake of an older movie, but if not, then I think Thirteen Ghosts was. Um, well, not Thirteen Ghosts, but Ghost Ship was their last remake. Because was Ghost Ship an older movie and they remade it or no? Uh, I think so. Uh, I want to say it was, but don't don't hold me to it. I do know this was, and I know House on Haunted Hill was, obviously House on Haunted Hill, Vincent Price, but uh, I had never seen the original 13 Ghosts. I think I... Still haven't. haven't. (laughs) I don't think I've seen the original either. I know that they had, so the original 13 Ghosts came out like in 1960-something, 50-something. I think it was 1960, exactly. Yeah, and it had a gimmick, like, uh, William Castle's movies, all his movies pretty much had gimmicks like The Tingler. I had a gimmick where uh, you go into the movie theater and you send theaters and they put like little shock things under the chairs. And when The Tingler happened, it will shock you and you feel like The Tingler is in your body or whatever. Uh, and, or he'll do like um, uh, House on the Hill. I think they he had something with 3D glasses or they had like little ghosts floating around the theaters, I think. But with this one, yeah. I think that that movie, you couldn't see the ghost unless you had 3D glasses. And so this movie paid homage to the original idea with the glasses. Um, But yeah, uh, we can jump on into it. Uh, All right. 13 of them. 13 ghosts. 13 ghosts. All right. The synopsis. 13 ghosts from 2001 is an hour and 31 minutes long. And this is the synopsis uh, via IMDb. When oh, somebody's at the door. When Cyrus Kritkos, a very rich collector of unique things, dies, he leaves it all to his nephew and his family all including his house, his fortune, and his malicious collection of ghosts. This movie stars Tony Shalhoub, his author, Criticos, Shannon Elizabeth as his daughter, Kathy, then there's Embeth Davids as Kalina, Matthew Lillard as a ghost. No, Matthew Lillard as Dennis, and then Alec Roberts as Bobby and Raw Digger as Maggie. I'm not going to mention the lawyer. Also, F. F. Mary Abram as Cyrus Criticos. Uh, Brandon, hit us with the numbers. All right, the numbers are this, ladies and gentlemen. It's gotten a 5.6 out of 10 on IMDb Metacritic. It got a 30%, 89% like it on, on Google. Uh, and on Rotten Tomatoes, scorecard we have a whopping 16 percent on the tomato meter <laughs> and the audience score is 49 percent so there we go there's the audience there's y'all all your numbers for you Aaron. that's all the numbers yeah uh so this movie um so we start out with a junkyard scene where a bunch of ghost hunters yeah. Uh, uh, trying to capture uh, what would be the 12th ghost is what we find out, right? 
which is mm -hmm. the juggernaut is who they're trying to capture. I believe that's who it was, right? The juggernaut. Um, yeah. And uh, Matthew Lillard's there, F. Mary Abrams there. Um, and so, boy, oh boy, things go awry. Uh, it's like a couple of protesters there, essentially, that's, they called themselves, uh, I forget what she, where she, liberate, they uh, liberate liberate ghosts so they say ghosts are humans it's almost like PETA but for ghosts you know what I'm saying uh, so her job was to uh, their jobs is to make sure that Mr. F. Mary Abraham doesn't capture ghosts and commit them to slavery what <laughs> she, she, they said that they said it's like modern day slavery did, did they not say that they said that. It's uncomfortable. I don't recall it, but, it, but then again, yeah, you know, um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm stunned. I'm talking about slavery with ghosts. Uh, but yeah, that, that opening, um, how did you feel about the movie, Aaron? <laughs> Overall, you want, yeah, you, go know, ahead. You, you ready to go there? Okay. I'm ready because uh, I'm going to tear this movie apart. <laughs> all right. Um, how I felt about it. Um, um, I want to, because right. I know you liked it. Okay. I know yeah. you liked it. Yeah, I didn't like it initially. I liked it more this time around. I gave it a, yeah, I'm not going to tell you my stars yet, but uh, my mark couch. But um, yeah, it, it, um, I like the, I like the effects in it, like as far as like the kills. I thought some of the kills were good. Uh, some of the characters are still pretty dumb. Like I couldn't stand Raw Digger. <laughs> Uh, Mary, uh, the maid or house but nanny or I don't know what she is. Yeah, she was the uh, nanny. Yeah, I just couldn't stand her at all. I thought the the son was he got his he was annoying. He's annoying kid, uh, and and I think the house just doesn't look practical. It doesn't look like anybody would live there. It doesn't look like a house. No. And so that's my thing. It just I felt like it didn't look like a house like like it like it felt like it's all one set it felt like two sets yeah it was just honestly, like the honestly. glass room and then uh well three sets the glass room the bathroom and then that little basement with the ghosts yeah uh so when this movie starts at the junk it was junkyard yep. they're trying to trap this yeah okay i'm like okay i'll i i'll be honest I'm like, okay, Matthew Lillard's in a different movie than everyone else. <laughs> he is. He knows what he's in. And um and he and God bless him. I he he acts his little heart out. He's, he's the best, the best part. part. Of the movie. I agree. In my opinion, he's the only good part. But <laughs> oh, everybody everybody else is pretty pretty like like I hate to go ahead, go ahead, continue your point. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh like my feelings didn't change much at all watching this. Uh, I thought when we get to the house, well, first you have a little backstory with Tony and his family and what happened, but I hated the way they did it because I didn't feel no emotion, you know, like to the family. Like, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I just feel like I didn't know them. It's just like they're random family. The mother is going to get burnt, but I didn't feel a connection with them. So therefore, I didn't 
connect. <laughs> well, I will say this real quick about the family. Like the opening, that opening, the title sequence. Yeah. Uh, I thought the title sequence was good as far as like with the, uh, they did the same thing. I've seen Twilight. They did the same thing in one of the Twilight movies where, but they, but they just like show like a change in the seasons as they pan through yeah. the room and keep changing and the room kind of changes with the season. When you look out the window, you see more stuff happening in life. But it sees that in that movie, you see Bella not really changing, not really coming out of that little funk that she's in. In this one, you see it changing. You see like the family outside, and then like you see the fire and stuff like that. And yeah. you see that, you know, but I love the title sequence where things was on the wall, the kind of 3D title sequence. I like that aspect mm -hmm. of it. But yeah, I do agree with you. Is you didn't really. One thing you didn't really agree with, you didn't really connect with them as far as her death, like know how yeah. really, like you didn't, you can't, you didn't really realize that it's been such a struggle for them other than like, yeah. he's, he's kind of, seems like he's over his head. Uh, but, but also um, like the son, I don't know if it's because his mom's death is why he's so fascinated with death. Uh, but that's a weird thing. They should probably have, have him checked out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was random, uh, and it kind of went away. Like when, once I got to the house, it, the boy was just a kid that was lost in the house, and they were looking for him. That's that's what he was there. He was like a prop almost. And um, I like Tony. I love Tony Shalhoub, but I thought he was awful in this movie. I I, I wanted to like him. I wanted to grab onto because I'm a big fan of Tony. Did you ever feel like Tony didn't want to be in this movie? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I felt like he was just going through the emotions. I will say this real quick. As you said, you mentioned it before, but I agree with you. I think that Matthew Lillard is the only saving grace in this film. Uh, every time he was on screen, you wanted more of him on screen. Yeah, like, I agree. Like, and the moment that he's not off, he's off screen, and we go to like Shannon Elizabeth. Got, yeah, I know I love her, but it just was boring. Like there's no stakes or anything that really. Like she was pretty dull. She was not yeah. like she. And yeah. I hate to say she peaked as Nadia, but she's peaked as Nadia. That's that's it. That's the only thing I've ever liked her in. <laughs> and and I've seen several of her movies, and I she's good as. That's the foreign exchange student. That's, uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Shannon, <laughs> but you are. You're a pretty girl that, you know, that was only good as, as a high school student. Mm -hmm. I'm, I apologize, but it's, it's, it's just how it is. From my point of view, it's just how it is. And, and she was dull. She was boring. Um, you know, like, once you get to the house, the lawyer's going over everything. Um, also... Also, I'm sorry, with the lawyer, with the lawyer, uh, he was so, like, apparently evil. Like, yeah. They even did that little thing where he's driving up, and you see the lights, like, on his eyes, and he's kind of like, <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm surprised he didn't give, like, a, a, a maniacal laugh as they signed in paperwork, because he just was so over-the-top evil, you know. Yeah. Uh, was just like so cartoonishly evil. But I will say something about the house. I like the look of the house. But I don't I agree with you. No one would live there. But the glass house, I, I think it looks cool. 
but you know they give too it also gives too much away you know these ghosts you can see them because they're they're locked up like resident evil i compared it in my letterbox review to resident evil it reminded me of resident evil before they were released and uh uh you know i just i didn't find the movie scary at all like i didn't feel like they were trying to be scary i don't know what they were trying to be i laughed at the ghost it was funny to so me none of the ghosts so none no, of the ghosts none. were at all like all right so let's not go terrifying. through real quick not, um, not one. we're not gonna name all of them because i don't remember all of them but the ones that stand out is the jackal um uh, mother and child which was dumb uh the torso uh yeah. uh there is the prompt the the lady that's i'm sorry the one that she killed herself i guess in the bathtub um and then there is uh the the juggernaut was that yeah. ken kersinger because he looked like ken kersinger i think so um, i think i remember him being in the credits yeah i think um, but uh yeah i just didn't i was laughing i mean i was laughing through i laughed in 2001 and i was laughing here i was like okay this yeah. It just didn't connect with me at all. I was just like, I thought it was a comedy back in 2001. Like, I thought it was meant to be funny. Oh, and so, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so with the uh, with the ghosts, man, like, um, some of them were, like, what's the fear of the little boy, with the little Indian kid? The kid with the little hole in his head, I guess the arrow. The arrow. Yeah, the arrow on his head. Yeah. Uh I don't know, I don't really remember them saying he had a fear. Like like or just a like cuz all of them have like some type of and and what else I didn't like about this? I didn't put this in my letterbox. It's just dumb that flares flares scare ghosts. All right. Maybe I'm spoiled because of supernatural and salt rocks make so much more sense. Cuz when they shoot them with salt rocks they kind of puff up and leave right yeah. or yeah. they use salt or things like that flares they throw a flare at the ghost and the ghost just like leaves it's just so dumb Did, wasn't that dumb to you like the yeah, flare I mean, thing yeah it was i do like the glasses though yeah the glasses i thought you it was see with the glasses I, I i really enjoyed that uh so that's another thing i really liked uh i mean i didn't like much but you know and i know this has got a following a lot of people like this movie yeah yeah a lot of people liked it like uh, my my view changed on it uh because like last time what when i seen it when i initially saw it back in 2001 2000 yeah 2001 um raw digger raw digger the uh nanny just took me all out of it I thought that she was terrible. Maybe it's because maybe at that time I was just now getting over Buster Rhymes and Halloween. Maybe that happened. I don't know if it was before or after this. Um, but I want to say around the same time. Around the same time. I want to say. Uh, but Raw Digger, I just thought it was just like, I said, what is her purpose? Um, like, she's even a bad nanny. She's not even good at her job. But um, no, but um, whenever, like, watching it back then, I just thought it was just silly. And I thought it was just because I compared it to uh, House on Haunted Hill. 
Yeah. Which I always thought was the best ones that they did of the Ghost Trilogy. I consider them yeah, Ghost it Trilogy. Is it is the best. Uh, and so I still, I still, I still stand by that. Although I said that I could like it's a little bit more in some aspects, like the kills. I think uh, what killed it for me in House on Honey Hill was Chris Kattan. I thought that it just a CGI ghost Chris Kattan at the end of that movie ruined it for me. <laughs> but, but uh but other than that i like the movie this one has too much more uh, much more that i didn't like about it but watching it now i tend to like like i, I enjoyed the i like the gore i like the effects like the lawyer being cut in half yeah that was cool yeah. i give him that that was cool i just i don't know when when you see the i think it was around the 30 40 minute mark uh the the ghost that had killed herself in a bathtub with a knife She's coming at them. And then they cut to something else. Another ghost attacking somebody. But you don't, I don't know, you didn't get a resolution of that certain scene. Mm. It's like, okay, what happened? Did she miss? Did she connect? You know, you just cut and you never went back to it. And I, it's, but I, the nanny's bad. Uh, her line at the end of the movie, it was unnecessary. And it was only done for a cheap laugh. Yeah, people and, in theaters laugh. And I think I groaned in theaters when I heard that. I thought I was like, Ugh. like I thought that's how that's how I left this movie was like, it's, it's terrible. Like, but um, but yeah, like even now in watching that with that line at the end, I thought just her part. Like, there's some there's there's a lot wrong with the movie. But I, 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 I do, I'm I'm a, I'm man enough to admit that there's some things that was right about it like the kills. Um, I thought that if they would have explored the ghosts a little bit more, would have been better. I thought that they, it, spoilers if you haven't seen it since 2001, I thought that they ruined the movie more by killing off Matthew Lillard. Like every scene where Matthew was not in it, it felt like hard to watch because like Tony Shalhoub doesn't really feel like he really needs to save his kids. You know what I'm saying? It didn't feel like he that urgency. Um, yeah. And then that lady that betrays betrays them, the, the, the swerve. Um, yeah, the swerve. But but you've seen it coming a mile away. Like it's just uh, just. And then F F Mary Abram, he was good as a villain because he's good at playing villains. Uh, looks like he had fun in his little role, but it looks like nobody else was really having fun in the movie. Except for Matthew Lillard, he had a good time. Yeah, he had a good time. He, 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 if you give me more of that, characters, I mean, they don't have to be like that, but you know what they're in? Like, I felt like he was the only one that knew what kind of movie he was making. <laughs> you know, he was involved in. I felt like everyone else was just going through emotions, you know, and you could just tell, you know, they, uh, let's just get through it. <laughs> He's, you know, Matthew Lillard is underrated in in the sense yeah, of, uh, like, even if you think about Scream, every time he showed up in Scream, you really enjoyed him in Scream. You know, even yeah. even when he even when it was revealed at the end of that movie that he was one of the killers, um, and he was they was doing the whole thing where they're stabbing one another, <laughs> like he how he complained how he stabbed him too deep, you know, yeah, and then he's like. Mm-hmm. You stab me, you did. You know, and that, that, and then like when uh, he threw the phone or something at her or something like that, just his reactions, his response, like, my mom's going to kill me, you know, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. 
just Matthew Lillard is just naturally just entertaining. And so when he is in this movie, you're like, okay, well, as long as I'm with Matthew Lillard in here, it's great. But then the moment they decided to kill him off, I was like, man. Because, like, no, like, Shannon Elizabeth wasn't entertaining enough for me to watch. That kid was annoying. If he died, it would have been okay. I'm okay with that. Then, um, Raw Digger, she's supposed to now become the comic relief, but she was not the comic relief. She wasn't funny. I agree. Only one thing she said, which was was dumb, is what did the lawyer split? But it was dumb because, you know. You know, she said that. Did you hear it when she said that? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I just, um, everything she said just kind of went one ear out the other. It, it, you know, I knew she wasn't really important. But I did, I, I thought, because Beth was asking me, he's like, she's going to die. I said, I don't think she does. <laughs> I'm like, I think she should, but I don't think she does. <laughs> yeah, no, well, they, well, if she would have died, it would have been a trope that is in uh, horror movies is uh, the sacrificial black person, which I'm glad they didn't do that. Uh, but I thought that when initially watching the movie that she was going to die, but she was one of the very few of us to survive to the end of the movie. But it's just a bad movie that she survives into, you know. But I liked it. I liked it more, not because it's a great movie, but how bad it is. And, uh, but, but also, it had so much promise. Like I think initially what they wanted to do was explore a lot more of the ghosts and show their backstory to kind of show who they are, why they are that way. Um, but it wouldn't have helped. Yeah. <laughs> and like, like the thing with the glass, like I thought about that. I'm like, when it's carrying a piece of the glass down there to kind of be safe. Um, like I would have dropped that glass a long time ago. Like it just wasn't, you know, just, but I think that that's why I take a point off is because they killed Matthew Lillard. Uh, even though his, his ghost does come back at the end briefly. Yeah, it does come up. And also, the, the mom was a ghost. Him. Yeah, the mom was a ghost because I guess F. Mary Abram caused the fire that killed her. Is it, Did you get that? Yeah, that's what I was leaning towards that everybody that or at least with her, he you know, he was handpicking every single ghost. So I mean, I don't know if he was like picking these people off, or, but definitely her. He handpicked her. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I didn't really get it. Get why he was doing. Well, I didn't know. Maybe since you you liked the movie better than me, tell me why he why. What was his motivation for all this? I don't know. Because I didn't get the motivation. I didn't get it either. It. Would, it, would, I, he have, would he have gained all power? Would he become the Prince of Darkness? I have no idea. Like, I don't know why you about build a giant Ouija board into in your house. Yeah, um, I just... I and, was waiting for it to be explained, but I don't think they ever attempted to explain it. And <laughs> that's another problem with it, though, is, you know, I, yeah, you mentioned I liked it, but the, I'm now mentioning all the problems that, that I had with it. Um, that was another problem I had with it. It felt like that that early two thousands horror, which uh, I fought it because that type of the horror in that time frame was either it was either it wasn't really all 
completely horror. You like, yeah. It, it had it had this one had like bits of comedy a little bit, but it also had bits of like, not I wouldn't say action adventure, but just like kind of something like that. It had that kind of it just it didn't feel like a true like scary horror movie. You know, it didn't feel that way. Like a lot of movies yeah. didn't didn't feel that way, or it went the opposite way, like. The Hills Have Eyes or something that went completely horror. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. So this this movie w- went that other way, which was, I guess, campy horror. I guess it's what you would call it, campy horror. Uh, but it's not really horror. Yeah, it was campy. I, uh... Just you know, that's I, yeah, I kind of fought that though because I'm not I'm not huge on campy horror. I I rather my horror be like. Horror. I don't mind like little comedy in it, like dark humor and stuff like that. But it, I'm not big on campy horror. Uh, but that's the time, the time frame that we're working with, like '99 to like maybe oh, 2008. The horror all kind of suffered from that type of thing. Uh, maybe it's just my way of looking at it. Your thoughts? Uh, I agree with you about the. It, it's very campy. Uh... I don't know if that's why I didn't like it. I like some campy stuff and some I just don't think works. <laughs> but uh, this one I just didn't think worked. I, I laughed. I, I laughed throughout the movie like I did in 2001. It was the same exact experience for me. It just it just didn't work for me. I didn't connect. Um, and I know it's got a fan base and I applaud everyone that does enjoy this movie. Uh, but sadly, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just don't. Uh, just didn't. I didn't. I. I don't think. I don't think it's a horror film. I think it's. I don't know what it is. It, it's for me. It's a big miss. And uh, all the way around. And <laughs> a, and another mess. thing about it, with um, I felt like. I felt like they didn't really highlight some of the more interesting ghosts that I would have been more yeah. interested in seeing. It reminds me of, like also, it reminds me of like recently I saw um, what's it called? Red what's that movie called? Red something. It came out a few years ago. Uh, I forget what it's like that lady that goes to this house and there's a ghost but it's the, the ghosts are not important at all. It's so dumb. But <laughs> that's what my point is here is the ghost in this movie is just so like they're not really important. Uh, like the, uh, I wish they would show more of them. Like, but they only show a few. Like they show the juggernaut. They show that dude with all the stuff in his head, like the yeah. bolts and stuff. Like you know, whatever the hammer dude. Uh, they showed them. They showed the naked ghost lady. They, they showed her a lot. And they show the little cowboy kid and then like that one lady with the the kind of twitchy. Yeah. There a few times, but they didn't really show like the mom and kid, you know, the the big fat dude and the mother as, you know, they didn't show them as much. They didn't show like, so there's 13 of them, but they didn't show, they probably showed a good five of them for the most part. Yeah. I And they just, I don't know. They, there was no substance with them. And when they get freed at the end of the movie, I laugh 
because one of them, I don't know what he's doing. I think it was a little dude. Uh, he just looked like he was like almost doing like a cartwheel or something. What his body was, mm-hmm. I, I guess the CGI was a little messed up there. But <laughs> I don't know. It, I guess it was like a glitch. But it, it just made me laugh because like they're going out into the forest or whatever, and he's just kind of glitching. <laughs> it just it just made me you know, laugh. You know what's funny about that is. Last week we watched Jurassic Park and discussed Jurassic Park was was ninety three. Yeah. When CGI was like in its infancy. And the CGI in Jurassic Park is far better than the CGI <laughs> that came no. out in like two thousand and one with this movie. No. You'll think CGI is advanced at that point, but clearly Spielberg and uh, George Lucas, because George Lucas, light and industrial line magic, worked with Jurassic Park to kind of put the CGI. Um, and so you can see how much better that is and how it's used better than how it's used in this. Well, and this, this is no disrespect to the director, I think Steve Beck, but you had a real filmmaker on Jurassic Park and you, you had a guy that just mainly did commercials i did read up a little bit before we did this episode because I, I had never heard of him i know he did ghost ship and he did this and did he do anything after that i don't think so i didn't see anything couldn't find anything on him after probably so, for the best probably for the best yeah he, he yeah <laughs> I, went back I, mean, to I, like ghost ship. I like ghost ship but he does mess up in, in the final act uh but yeah, I think that's the difference. You know, you you've got two, you got a real filmmaker in Steven Spielberg, and you, you got a guy coming from commercials directing these. And and that's not to diss anybody that's coming from commercials because no, it's not. Some, you can have somebody that come from like a background making music videos or whatever, and then make uh, movies, and it could be good. For instance, uh, I think. Uh, the Hughes brothers, uh, I think they did uh, Hype Williams and stuff like that. They've done music videos and then they went on to do like a movie and the movie was interesting. But then you have somebody like Mick G who did music videos and went on to do movies and they're usually terrible. In my opinion, I don't like Mick G as a director and I don't mind if anybody knows that. I don't like Mick G as a director. It just it is what it is. But... <laughs> I see what you're saying, though. Like, I'm not dissing the guy for making commercials, but just that maybe he, after this second movie, actually, yeah, Ghost like, Ship would be the second movie. After the Ghost Ship movie, he's like, eh. Yeah, it's two different worlds, uh, commercials and, and film. Now, you, now, some do get out of commercials, and they make really fine filmmakers. But, you know, sometimes you just don't know what you're doing. And I feel like this is kind of a case he didn't know really know what he was doing wasn't confident enough i guess you know and probably the studio wasn't helping either i mean you know you know we both know how studios can be i mean they get involved they say that and joel silver was part of this movie and i know he definitely gets involved in movies he was part of i don't know i don't think he's involved anymore but because he was i think he had a scandal on him as well uh but uh i know he got involved in a lot of movies and I know Ghost Ship was one. So I'm pretty sure he got involved in here too. I don't know. It just, just didn't really connect with me. And uh, I, 
it is what it is, you know. It is what it is, and I'm okay with it. So we're going to go ahead and give our uh, – first of all, before we give our marks, um, Second Chance Cinema. Brandon, uh, you gave this movie a second chance. Will you give it a third? No, I'm getting rid of the DVD. <laughs> all right. Um, second Chance Cinema for me, will I give it a third? No, I've seen it now in my life. I've probably seen this movie now maybe three times in my life, and there's no need to do it a fourth. Um, not that I disliked it, it's just one of those movies where I'm okay with not seeing it no more. You know, you, you see what I'm saying? I, I understand yeah. completely. Well, um, I'm, I'm waiting to hear your marks. I'm going to go ahead and give you mine. Um, it's going to differ a little bit from Letterboxd. Letterboxd, I gave it three. Uh, here, I'm going to give it 2.5 um, because there's elements I did like about it. I love the uh, effects, like the lawyer being split in half. I like the um, overall looks and designs of some of the ghosts, uh, but I thought that they showed them a little too fast. I don't like the jerkiness and the flashes. Like you said, it's too busy. Go to here and then cut to this, cut to this, cut to this, and not allowing you to kind of take in the information. Um, and also I did the effect of the one guy getting pulled into the car in the junkyard, like being like folded in half, like and jerked in. Yeah. I thought that was good, but the 0.5 part of it mainly is Matthew Lillard because Matthew Lillard, uh, was a breath of fresh air for this movie. Um, and, uh, he, he gets, he gets out, he gets all the props for Man, he he did his thing in this movie, and I he wish did. everybody else did their thing. It's like like he did his thing. Yeah, I agree. Uh, for me, it gets it's gonna get the same score. Uh, Letterboxd, uh, one point five. Uh, <laughs> it's like yeah, I, I just I, you know, it's not one of those movies. I thought okay, this is so bad, it's good. I laugh at it because how bad it is. And I'm like, I'm not being entertained other than Matthew Lillard. I'm not entertained by anything that's happening other than him. And he's he's the 1.5, basically, for me. Uh, even though I did like the design of the house, I just don't think anyone would live there. Uh, I don't understand uh, his uncle's motivation for this whole story. Uh, you know, I just... I just didn't buy into the story at all. I just, I, I would have loved to seen a solo movie with Matthew Lillard before all this. I did like how the fact he could, you know, you touch him, he sees, you know, how someone dies or whatever. I like that. Again, Matthew Lillard is the reason it gets 1.5 for me. All right. Well, that was our review of 13 Ghosts. Um, and so next week we have something different. Brandon, don't we? We have something different. very different. It's a first here on the Mark Out Movie Podcast. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Aaron. We're going to be interviewing none other than Ken Sagos from Nightmare on M Street, The Dream Warriors, and Dream Master. He's in both films. He's also been in several other things. Brandon, name off some of the stuff he's been in. He, he was in Hard Lessons with uh, Denzel Washington. Uh, 
a little horror movie that probably no one knows or not many know uh, is The Backlot Murders with Corey Haim. And he was in Rosewood, which had an excellent cast, including John Voight. Bing uh, Rames. Yeah. Yeah, it was that was that's excellent. I like that movie. Estero Estero was in the movie as well. It's a great movie. Yeah. Um, he's done a lot. He's got a lot of credits, but those yeah. were the main three outside Nightmare that I can remember. And people don't know this. He's also uh, a um, award-winning uh, writer. He wrote two episodes of Laverne and Shirley, and he also wrote uh, a Disney you know, uh, at school type of movie, a Disney movie, uh, like a small movie um, that won, he won an award for that as well. Um, and he has a new movie that uh, is coming out um, called The McHenry Trial. Um, and the trailer is on YouTube at uh, Ken Sagos. Uh, his YouTube channel. I recommend everybody go there, check out the trailer, uh, give it some traction because he wants to try to get this thing made into a feature-length film that can come in theaters. And uh, we need, you know, it's good to have fr fresh blood, yeah. you know, out there doing stuff like that, you know. And he's a heck of a nice guy too. I met him at a uh, at a comic con here in Bowling Green, and um, just he spent time how to sit down and talk to him and hang out with him. And that's, man, that's, that goes a long way, man. Some people's like, you know, Brandon knows, some people you meet want to push you along, get you on out. But then you have some people, like Mr. England, you said, that want to spend time with you and talk to you and, and yeah. hates to rush you off, right? Yeah. Well, actually, it wasn't England. Uh, it was a... Uh, you said Tony, right? Tony Todd? Tony, Tony Todd. Yeah. Uh, Michael... Oh. Michael Berryman for me. He's the guy that, uh, and then Reggie Bannister. Um, the, those, uh, I think it's named Reggie Bannister. If I messed it up, I apologize. But Michael Berryman, for sure, he talked to me for like hours. He just, you know, it was fun just talking to him. Yeah. Tom Atkins was one that really talks as well. Uh, he kind of made fun of my shirt, but he, <laughs> he talked. We had a great conversation. Uh, but it, it was awesome. Uh, but yeah, Tony was the most generous person I've ever met as far as celebrities go. Uh, he was just so generous. So nice. <laughs> and also, uh, Ken Sagos is in, uh, if you go to, if you have Shutter streaming service, there's a uh, documentary on there called uh, Horror Noir. It's the history of uh, blacks in horror movies. Uh, I recommend Brandon take a look at that too. Um, it's really entertaining. And then he gives some really good poignant thoughts on what it was like being in uh, Nightmare on M Street and uh, and just being like the love of black black horror, not only black horror, but horror in general. Um, but yeah, he's he's really cool in that. Uh, it's just next week, man. Ken Sagos, our next first week? big big person. I'm excited. <laughs> Aaron is very excited. I'm, I'm very excited too. I'm but I'm more excited for him. Because this is a big deal for Aaron. I'm very excited for you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Well, in the meantime and in between time, I'm Aaron Whitlow. I'm Brandon Spavi. And I thank you for marking out what is here on the Mark Out Movie Podcast. And I'm stopping the recording now. <laughs>